thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning once again. Take your Bibles and open them back up to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, that's where we'll get to here in just a few moments. Let me ask you this, how many of you enjoy interruptions in your life? Anybody? Anybody enjoy interruptions? How many of you look at interruptions as just those things, something that uh, takes you away from the focus of your day? They, they, um, they keep you from accomplishing your goal. How many of you have ever had an interruption that ended up being a good thing? Anybody? Okay. Those exist, don't they? We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, but those exist and those could be a good thing. But for us in our life, the experience that we have is that interruptions many times do nothing but irritate us. Is that a fair statement? That interruptions, for the most part, do nothing but irritate us because we're moving in a direction, we're moving in a way, we're moving trying to accomplish something, we've got a goal we're trying to meet, and all of a sudden something just, just intersects that, something that we weren't planning for, something that we weren't ready for, something that we weren't anticipating, and all of a sudden our plans are just thrown up in the air and nothing is going to ever be all right or the same again, right? That's how we view interruptions in our life. I've learned as a parent of four kids, interruptions are just something to expect. Just something to expect. It's never going to go the way you want. It's never going to go the way you plan. Because one of those children have their own plan, and they're going to make sure that their plan is the plan that goes through. And it usually starts out with this statement. Hey, Mom, or hey, Dad. How many of you as a parent, you've heard that over and over? Hey, Mom, 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 Mom. <laughs> dad, how about that one? Hey, Dad, 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 you know? And you just get aggravated and maybe frustrated. So, hey, listen, you know what? Interruptions are an everyday part of our life. But the Bible tells us, let this just kind of sink in, okay? Let this just kind of sink in. You don't know what a day will bring forth. You don't know what a day will bring forth. How many of you have the rest of your week planned out already? Just let me ask you. How many of you, your schedule is made, your schedule is set, you know that this is what you have to do and this is what has to be accomplished? And, um, you know, I have, I, you've heard me mention this, I've, I have been doing uh, several runs of, of premarital counseling over the last year because a lot of our young couples are getting married. And one of the things that we talk about in those sessions is um, scheduling and, and, and looking at what your week looks like and finding time for this and finding time for that. And one of the things they have to do is they have to take this spreadsheet that I give them and go and, and document their week. What does your normal week look like? Go ahead and plan your week out. And when you really sit down, and many of us just do this, whether we do it on a sheet of paper or not, our week is, is because of our job, somewhat maybe set out and planned for us, okay? There's that part, and then we have those things that we want to make sure that we put in and that we want to make sure that we schedule. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful on Monday or even on Sunday, this day that's supposed to be kind of a restful day and a peaceful day for us, is, you know, it, we look at the rest of the week and we look at it and we go, man, I'm stressed out and the week hadn't even started yet. You ever been there that you're just thinking about your week and you're stressed out and it hasn't even started? I know that I get that way. And maybe part of the problem sometimes is that we, we, we want to squeeze so much into our week 
that when interruptions happen, we have no time to allow them. Does that make sense? We have no time to give them space in our life. And so uh, we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I want you to think with me, though, to the, in, into the life of Jesus. That's, that's where we're going to be for several weeks. It's just kind of in the life of Jesus, just studying some things that he said. There's not like an overarching theme other than just getting to know Jesus better. But in John chapter 14, Jesus, one of his best friends, his cousin, his partner in ministry, he was, he was killed. And, and Jesus got word of this. And in Matthew 14 and verse 13, it said, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Jesus had an interruption, if you will. He was in the middle of ministry. He was in the middle of his job, in the middle of his purpose, in the middle of doing what Jesus came to do. And he receives this news. And, and, and we've all had that moment where we just we receive this news, this interruption in our life, and it just takes us back. And we just have to get away. And, and, he, and he goes out to the middle of the lake. And the rest of the passage says, it says, the crowds followed him on foot, from the towns. So they figured out where Jesus was going, and when he got to the other side, there they were. And he's still dealing with this interruption of life, but still understands that, hey, I've got to deal with this. I've got to do, I've got to live my purpose. Okay, I've got to live my purpose. And it says, when Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So even though, so he was doing his job and he was interrupted by this news, so he withdrew and then his withdrawing was interrupted by having to do his job again. And so what I want us to do today is I want us to take a few moments and think about how in the world can we take interruptions in our life and turn them into opportune moments to serve in the kingdom? Because if you really think about the life of Jesus, if you really think about the life of Jesus, if it wasn't for interruptions, Jesus would have never had a ministry to begin with. Think about just these four things, and there's so many more. His very first miracle was an interruption. Jesus was at this wedding feast. He was at this wedding feast. He was just enjoying time with friends and with family. These new disciples that he had called, some of them were with him. And, and Mary has what I call a proud mama moment. Any of you mamas ever had a proud mama moment? You know what a proud mama moment. They run out of wine. They run out of drink for this, for this party. And Mary has that proud mama moment. Hey, my son can fix this. My son can fix this. My son is Jesus, the son of God. He can take care of this. And so she goes to him and says, hey, Jesus, I need you to do something for me. I need you to do something for me. And I believe Mary may be the only person that is ever going to actually get away with ignoring the words of God. And it happens in this story. Jesus goes, hey, mom, it's not my time yet. Like, I... I don't need to do this here. This isn't what I need to do. And it went in one ear and out the other. And she looks at him. She goes, just do whatever he says. She just completely ignored Jesus. Think about that for a minute. She looked at him and sees my son. I'm a proud mama. Hey, Jesus can solve this problem. And because of the interruption, he has his first miracle, the calming of the storm. He's been working. He's been doing his thing. He's tired. He's exhausted. He gets in the boat. You've all been maybe in a boat, and you get to rocking from side to side, and it eases him off to sleep. The storm comes up, and his nap is interrupted. And because of that interruption, what do we have? The great statement, peace, be still. 
the healing of blind Bartimaeus. He was coming through Jericho, and Bartimaeus knew something was happening. He, he had heard about Jesus, and so when he hears that he's coming through town, he's going to interrupt Jesus. He's going to interrupt his plans. Jesus is on his way to the cross in this particular story. He's on his way to be crucified. No one else really gets that, but he knows that. And Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, and the people around Jesus try to get him to be quiet. They try to shut him up. They try to push him to the side. And he yells, it says he yells all the louder. He, it's the word for crazy. He goes crazy. And he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus hears him. And that interruption leads to this great moment of his healing. And the stories just go on and on and on. Jesus had a knack for turning interruptions into ministry. And so the question is, how do we do that in our own life? Well, in Matthew chapter 5, I'm sorry, in Mark chapter 5, we see Jesus doing this very thing. And I want us to read the rest of the story, and then I want us to talk about some things that will maybe help us in our own life as we try to turn interruptions into opportunities. So let's pick up in our story in verse 27. This is, okay, of 20, 26. Actually, where did we stop? Where did the scripture reading stop at 25? So we'll start at 25. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, the disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was speaking, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing. He went in and said to them, why are you all, uh, why is all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went up where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. What, a, what an amazing story. But a story that in and of itself is nothing but interruption after interruption after interruption. That's all the story is. So let's talk about some things from this story and from some of the other stories about Jesus that maybe will help us do the same thing, turn interruptions into great ministry moments. So here's the first thing we need to do. We need to make sure to plan free time in our own life. Plan free time in our own life. Now, 
Several of you raised your hand. I've already got my week planned out. I already know what's going to happen. I already know what has to happen, what has to take place. And like I said, we have this, we have this mentality of I've got to have this schedule. I've got to have things in their place. And, and, and sometimes we squeeze as much into the day as possible. But one of the things we see about the life of Jesus, which is, I think, powerful and intriguing and a lot of different other descriptive words you could use there, but Jesus always made sure to take time for himself. Have you ever noticed that in the story of Jesus, how often that it just says, hey, Jesus withdrew by himself? Let me give you a few examples. In Mark 1, verse 35, it says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He went by himself. Uh, John 6, verse 15, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Luke chapter 5 and verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus made it a point to refill his own soul. Jesus made it a point to make sure that I have time that I spend with my Father. That, that's why these days, that's why Sunday to me is so important. This, these, these few moments that we have to just be in God's presence, to refill our soul through class, through study, through worship. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's so important for us to make sure that we have uninterrupted times that we that we can rest and recharge. So if you look at your week, as you look at the things you have to do, make sure to build that time in. You may say, well, Matthew, that sounds great in theory, but to actually put that in practice is difficult in my life. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that it's, it's not going to be easy to break that habit if you're used to just cramming everything in, to, to, to move some things around and make time for yourself and make time for God. But one of the reasons that Jesus could deal with these things in such a positive way was because he made sure to re-energize and refuel himself. So we need to make sure that we do that as well. The next thing is here is determine the nature of the interruption Determine the nature of the interruption. So on the occasion that we read about in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus responded to the interruption. As, as he was trying to be by himself, when he got to the other side, <coughs> the, the people were interrupting kind of his private time, all right? And he responded to that, had compassion on them, and healed them. But if you go to Mark chapter 1, just flip back a few pages. Mark chapter 1, and we've already read verse 35, and it starts with this, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So he's making that time for himself. And then everybody starts waking up and realizing Jesus isn't there anymore. So verse 36 says, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Everyone. Now, that's... Uh, in, in church meetings and in leadership meetings and stuff, um, when conflict and controversy, and you've had this in your job too, um, I love that phrase, well, everyone's saying this, or everyone's talking about the anonymous everyone. Have you ever had that in, 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 your, in your job? When the anonymous everyone is usually like one person, it just sounds better when it's anonymously everyone. And Jesus was not going to let, though, everyone dictate his day. He was having a moment of personal reflection, and here comes his apostles, and they're like, everyone needs you. Let's get back over here. 
Jesus did not let people and other people's plans and other people's agendas dictate his time. What he allowed to dictate his time was his purpose. His purpose was to seek and save those who were lost. His purpose was to come and to die on the cross. It was to share the true message of God so that people could repent and come back to a true relationship with God. And so what does he say here? In verse 38, Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else. I love that. Jesus didn't bend to everybody else's demands. He said, I have a purpose. I have a reason of being here. And it's not to, to do what they want me to do. He says, let's go somewhere else so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So we have to determine in our own life, is this interruption, because I think interruptions come from kind of two places when you think about it in a spiritual way. Interruptions come from God to get our attention, okay? Or they come from the devil to put our attention in a bad direction or in a different direction from where it needs to be. Jesus said, my attention, my direction is to teach. That's why I came. I'm not going to let these other people dictate that. So as you're trying to look at these things in your life, try to decide, is this an interruption that, that deserves some time? Or is this an interruption that is of the devil that I just need to, you know, like, I, I don't need to let this bog me down. I like how Paul kind of wraps this idea up in Ephesians 5. He says, look very carefully how you walk then not as unwise but wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. He said, your life is about the Lord's will. So as you go throughout your life, make the best use of your time. Try to make the best use of what God has given you to bring him glory and honor. All right, so let's keep going. Number three, be totally focused where you are. Be totally focused where you are. This is maybe, this is maybe my favorite point because it's talking to maybe to me the most because I struggle with this. It says in verse 30, at once Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched me? You see the people crowding against you, the disciples answered, and you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around. To see, what had, to see who had done it, the woman, knowing what, had, what she had done, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Okay, so think about the whole story here. A synagogue leader, a very influential Jewish man, has come to Jesus. Jesus is trying to teach in a way that gets the Jewish people to understand that they've They've, they've walked away from true religion to God. They've walked away from that relationship. And he's trying to get them to understand that and, and repent of that and come back to, to who God wants them to be. And so he's got this, this influential Jewish synagogue leader. He's fixing to go save his daughter. Okay, That was the first interruption. My daughter is dying. Come save her. And so he's interrupted by that. And he's on his way. And then all of a sudden he feels someone touch the hem of his garment and she's healed and he stops. Now, most of us, when we're interrupted and we've got somewhere to go, something to do, something we're supposed to be doing, whoever, most of the time it's who, whoever has interrupted what we need to be doing, we very rarely give them our full attention, don't we? Because our mind is still on what? what I need to be doing or what I'm supposed to be doing. But in this moment, and you see this, you see this in a lot of moments in Jesus' life. When this interruption showed up, this lady who just grabbed his, just, just grabbed his coat, 
He stopped, found her, and gave her true attention, even if it was just for a few moments. He was totally focused on that moment. And I wonder how many times we've truly missed moments to minister to someone because we're more focused on what we think we should be doing than the moment that is right in front of us, that maybe God has given us this moment to share our faith, to share the love of Christ, to just encourage someone. But this interruption is just getting in our way. And I don't have time to listen to your story. I don't have time to listen to your complaining. And I don't have time to listen to your problems. I've got more important things to do. But maybe if we just slow down and we're totally focused on that moment, even if it's for a short period of time, we can see the power in that moment that God is trying to get us to, 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 to work for him, to serve him in a more powerful way. All right, number four, take advantage of the opportunity. Try to see interruptions as opportunities immediately. They may be greater than the event you have scheduled. They may be what God wants you to focus on in that moment. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Because I believe a lot of times in our life we get our priorities mixed up and we think, well, hey, my job, my priority, my purpose in life is to provide for my family or my purpose in life is to do this, is to do well at this job and do this and do that. But uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, and maybe 23 is the main part, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. The purpose of your life, all right? You, you've chosen this life. That's what we talked about in class this morning. You chose this life. You don't have to live a life of Christianity. You choose to do that. And as choosing to do that, God then says, if you're going to choose this life, then understand you're choosing to live a life to serve me. That is our purpose now, to serve God. Now, part of that purpose is to provide for your family. Part of that purpose is to do your job well. But you do it not for your own personal benefit, but for the benefit of showing honor and glory to God. And I think maybe we need to realize that when we understand what our true purpose is, then maybe we look at that ill-timed phone call in a different way. Maybe we look at that annoying drive with the attitude of maybe this is a time that I can listen to a devotional or, or listen to um, worship music. Maybe, maybe that hey mom or hey dad can be a really powerful conversation to encourage your child and let them know how much you truly love them. Instead of resisting the intrusion... Look at it as maybe God's tapping me on the shoulder to get my attention to help me understand I need to take advantage of this opportunity. All right, a lot of stuff that we've covered today. But here's the last thing. Remember that God allows interruptions in our life to lead us to a deeper faith. Think about that. Remember that God allows interruptions in our life to lead us to a deeper faith. So there's a story in John chapter 11, a story that we're all probably very familiar with. It's the death of Lazarus. And in chapter 11, verse 6, Jesus gets word from Mary and Martha that Lazarus is sick. And they want him to come back to their house. I mean, they're thinking, hey, Jesus is God. He's our friend. There's got to be a benefit to this, right? If Jesus is our friend, then he's going to come and heal our brother and he's not going to die. 
And, and you would think, you know, in the way that we think many times, and Mary and Martha thought this too, when you get worried that someone you love is sick and ill and near the end of their life, you want to go be with that family. You want to be there with them. But in chapter 6, it says, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. He stayed where he was for two more days. And by the time he got to Lazarus' home, Lazarus had been dead for four days. And the sisters, obviously, they were irritated that he didn't come when they demanded that he came. That they had this interruption of illness in their life and death in their life. And they're like, why does this not matter to you, Jesus? We asked you to come and you didn't care to come. What they saw was a tragedy and a terrible interruption in their life. Jesus uses that moment to draw not just their faith, but the faith of others deeper to God. He says in verse 40, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? And he goes on, verse 45, says, therefore many Jews who had come to visit Mary, they came not because he was sick, but because Lazarus had died. And because of that, they got to see what Jesus did. It says they put their faith in him. And Jesus tells them, I am the resurrection and the life. The interruption of tragedy or for, for them having to wait on the Lord caused their faith to grow deeper. They understood Jesus in a way that they never had before. And maybe those interruptions in your life are meant for that. They're meant for you not just to serve, but they're meant for you to find a deeper relationship with God himself. <coughs> so what does your week look like? I can promise you this. This week, you're going to have challenges. This week, you're going to have interruptions. You're going to have things that enter in to your schedule that you weren't prepared for, that you weren't ready for, that you weren't expecting. You're going to have a phone call from someone that you're going to kind of get irritated that that phone call happened. But I'm going to challenge you with this. Let's try our best to see interruptions as opportunities. Maybe God's tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, I've got some work for you to do. If you'll just pay attention, we're going to serve in a more powerful way. Let's close with a word of prayer, and then the lesson will be yours. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for the opportunity to just be together today. We thank you for the encouragement from your word. God, our lives are busy. Our lives can be crazy and they can be hectic, but help us to find time to slow down. Help us to find time to focus on you, to, to, to just reinvest in you and allow you to fill our spirit and our souls back up on a regular basis. God, we're gonna face challenges this week. We know they're coming. Help us to prepare for them now. Help us to put our mind in the right place, to put our heart in the right place, to have those conversations to, to live in those moments and to be focused in those moments and to ultimately show your love and mercy in those moments. Thank you for those opportunities, God. Be with us as a church family. Continue to bless us. Thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for Jesus and his great and amazing sacrifice that gives us hope, that gives us assurance, that gives us forgiveness, God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. 
We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community. Is inspired.